Uh, who's hosting? That's a good question. Zach, take it away. He's, he looks half asleep. He ain't hosting. That's why host. I'm calling hey, it on him. Hey, you um, might be a... Uh, hey, man, I told these guys, though, this whole week I've been to bed by like 8.30. Wow. So, so you're doing good today? You're doing great. Nice. You're doing great. You want to know who's not doing great? Who's not doing great? The people we're about to talk about. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. <laughs> it's I, Darwin Award Week, baby! Yeah, the, the Darwin Award winners, they're not doing great. <laughs> Are they really winners? <laughs> so, tonight, we're going to be talking about Darwin Awards. We're going to have some fun. Woo-hoo. Introduce the fellas for tonight, though. We got Tony. Hello. Austin. Hey. Chris. Hello. And Cam. Hello. And I am Zach, your host for tonight. For these wonderful Darwin Awards. Oh, I love talking about them. Really? Are they like participation trophies? Right? Yeah. Right? No, 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 no. Thanks for living life. <laughs> they make me feel so much better about myself. I hope there's a trophy waiting for him at the pearly gates. Congratulations, yeah. you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, I was so dumb back when I first heard about Darwin Awards. I thought they were like a legit... Award. award. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you would be buried with it or something. That'd be great. They Could should you be. imagine? Hey, Thank uh, you for it's taking like, your It's on your tombstone. It. It's like the Guinness Book of World yes. Records, but for death. Like, they come and rate you like, okay, yep, yep. We'll, we'll make <laughs> sure to trophy. take that. It's your last trophy you put on your tombstone, right? <laughs> yeah. You have a panel of judges. Yeah. The story is presented. So you got to make sure you got a good presenter. So <laughs> if one of us goes out crazy, we got to, like... Present it really well. Who's the English guy? We need to hire him who went to the Academy Awards and roasted everybody. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Have him do it. He would be great. He'd be a great host for the Darwin Awards. Mm -hmm, Real mm -hmm. quick, Cam. For those who might not know what this is, will you explain it for us? Oh, the Darwin Awards. Yes, just in case. So some of you may be familiar with a man called Charles Darwin. Yes, he's the he's the one who came up with uh, what's known as Darwinism, which is the survival of the fittest. Evolution. So the Darwin Awards is the death of not the fittest. So basically, <laughs> anytime anyone dies in a, a horrifically stupid way, they get a Darwin Award. It's like, congratulations, you were not the fittest and you are gone now. Yes. Thank you for taking yourself out of the gene pool. And exactly. Society is now a better the gene place. pool. <laughs> <laughs> like, for instance, this first guy. Oh. 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 Starting us off. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. So I've got one. It's called Aim to Win. <laughs> That's what I do every day. This happened back on February 21st of 2004 in Ottawa, Canada says, Amir, a second-year engineering student at Carleton University, was celebrating his 20th birthday with his friends in his 11th floor apartment when they embarked upon a spitting contest. <gasps> so, his two friends had already made their marks. Amir thought he could use his engineering skills to improve his performance. A quick mental calculation of the trajectory Projectile velocity and wind speed indicated that winning required more than a simple stand and spit. So, Amir took a running start. (laughs) (laughs) A solid start. Flew over the balcony railing and plunged to his death. Oh my gosh. It was purely accidental, said Ottawa police. Momentum carried him beyond. The building's security guard heard the thud. (laughs) 
<laughs> the security guard said he was one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. He had a maturity beyond his age. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's Clearly. An oxymoron. He couldn't um, play in the big leagues. Barely, he hadn't gotten to the section in engineering about, you know, Stop. gravity. gravity. <laughs> Physics and gravity. Uh-huh. An object in motion stays in motion. The sad thing is. <laughs> This isn't the first one that's happened like this. No. What? Oh. So hold up. Are they spitting over a balcony? A balcony. Yeah. And he's running, trying to... Yep. And he tried to spit right as he got to the balcony, but he forgot to stop and oh. went over. So, so it technically... Says here, did he win? Did he, he get won. the spit out? Yeah. Before. It didn't have to come out. I it mean, was in him as, as he went. As long as he landed further as than As long as his spit, body yeah. was... So it says here that spitting <laughs> contest deaths are becoming a trend. In 1999, a 25-year-old soldier in Alabama won the first Darwin Award in this category using the same technique and achieving the same result. A 23-year-old uh, Bartes of Mount Prospect was nominated for falling 20 feet onto his head in December of 2005. Uh this guy is remarkable for having fallen over an apartment railing without a running start. Wait, hold on. How does that happen? <laughs> did he just kind of like... He just did one of those things where he tried to... Uh, and he just... He hurt too far. Yep. <laughs> fell forward and went right over the railing. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, if gosh. you're ever involved in a spitting contest, uh, please. But... Do not run. It says this Amir guy, feet though, firmly on the floor. holds the record for the highest fall. Oof. At 11 stories. Yo. So. He had time to contemplate what he had done. <laughs> Which is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like he had some, he had some hang time. Uh-huh. He had to think about it all the way down. Yikes. Yeah. He had when he should have hawed. I got a quick one. Okay. Back in 2000, a teenager in Texas tried to play an even more, da- an, an even more dangerous version of Russian roulette. Instead of putting one bullet in a revolver and pulling the trigger, giving him one in six chance of dying, he put the bullet in a semi-automatic pistol (laughs) where the bullets are instantly moved into the gun's chamber, rising those odds to exactly 100%. Oh my my god! I do not understand how that got operated. If anybody doesn't know anything about guns, semi-auto means... Semi-auto. <laughs> Every time you pull that trigger, a bullet's, a bullet's coming out. out. Yeah. <laughs> no matter so until you, there's there zero bullets in it. One chamber and it's loaded every time. Oh my goodness gosh. gracious! There's I a mean, bullet in the clip. He could have at gonna least. Be a in the yes. He could have at least made it more dangerous by still using a revolver and putting five bullets in a six-chamber thing, and then there's a one in five chance that he won't die. But. Hold on. One and six. Back one and six. One and oh, six. In a revolver. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In a revolver. And that's where I thought you were going to take this. Is that he? That's what I. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled one out and spun it. But wow, that's even more oh, impressive. No. Good on you. Wow. Idiot. So he. I got a story for you to remind okay. you. You know, maybe don't play with cats. Okay. Oh. Okay. I like where that's going. Uh, on the second of January, nineteen ninety-six, in India. One man was killed at the Calcutta Zoo and another mauled when the pair crossed a moat circling a tiger enclosure to put garlands of flowers around the big cat's neck. (laughs) 
The attack triggered panic and a near stampede at the zoo. <laughs> Prakash and Suresh, devotees of the goddess Durga, were drinking when they decided to worship the tiger with their innovative adaptation of the religious New Year's greeting. Shiva, a 13-year-old royal Bengal tiger, was not in favor of the plan. <laughs> he attacked Suresh when the man tossed floral tribute around his neck. Alarmed, Prakash kicked the tiger in the face to distract him. The, oh the tiger obligingly released Shiresh and killed Prakash instead. I was shocked to see the young men weaving about in front of the tiger with garlands in their hands, said the witness Rakesh Banjari. I saw it all. The tiger turned and jumped on the young man, and within moments, the man's head was dangling. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Oh. Well, that's... How they That's kill. That's a tiger, man. They wow. Get around the neck and break the neck instantly. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Don't play with tigers. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of tigers, can I can I tell this off story real quick? <laughs> I'll allow it. My, it, it's about my wife. I mean, you're you're the host, so well, you can true. do whatever, <laughs> you can do whatever I want. You and Judd. I love my wife dearly. I love she where this is going already. Let's hear it. Is gonna kill me for this. Love it. Let's go. So my, my lips are sealed. <laughs> Sunday night, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, we're watching the uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Bengals, oh, yeah. and uh, watching the game. My wife kind of goes, "Why are they called the Bengals?" And I said, "Because they're the Tigers, Bengal Tigers." And she goes. That really what a tiger's called? A Bengal tiger? And I said, You've never heard of a Bengal tiger. They're just tigers. And I said, No. Bengal tigers. <laughs> like the most common tiger out there is a Bengal tiger. And she goes, They're just tigers. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you got your you got your white Siberians. So you got your Siberian and your Bengal. Siberian. Mm -hmm. India has the Bengals, and then up in Russia into Mongolia and everything has the Siberian tiger. So I'll give her this. Why why are Bengal tigers in Cincinnati? Because they're well. the Cincinnati Bengals. Because <laughs> uh, that's where the team resides, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, just, I just I think of basketball. Where right. it's like the Lakers <laughs> move to LA where there are no lakes. The, the Oilers <laughs> move to Tennessee where there is no oil. The Jazz move to Salt yeah, Lake the, where they don't allow music. music. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you guys, I have not proofread any of my stories that I have selected. I love so them. we are along for the ride on all of these. Fantastic. Um, this one, yeah, I'm just going to skip the titles too because I just I don't want any sort of hint where this <laughs> is headed. Uh, it just says in quotes, I'm not sure if this is relevant. It says, winner of the 2012 hide-and-seek tournament, whatever that means. Okay. 19th of May of 2014 in Arizona. The mummified remains of a man discovered in Tucson <laughs> in a Tucson manhole tell their own poignant story. In May, the manhole was opened to investigate a fluctuation in electrical power. According to records kept by Tucson Electric Power, the manhole had not been opened in the last five years. So the team had entered that entered the underground high-voltage vault was quite surprised to find the desiccated remains of a man slumped near-cut copper wires. 
Did I say that right? Slumped near cut copper wires. Yes. Yeah. In his shriveled hand was, can you guess? A bolt cutter. Crime pays so little and costs so much. This nominee not only failed and fried, but also nobody noticed, (laughs) making his death both stupid and sad. An autopsy confirmed the obvious conclusion that electrocution was likely his cause of death. The date of death was set at somewhere between one and two years previous to the discovery. The mummy was carrying ID for a 51-year-old man, and a DNA test is underway to verify the identity of the copper, (laughs) the crispy copper critter. (laughs) Wow. So this man broke down into a manhole to cut power to a city and fried Fried himself. (laughs) Sweet. Wow. Serves him right. My goodness. <laughs> I'm just astounded that no one reported him as missing. Does that right? mean he's got no living family? Probably. <laughs> just a grumpy old Sad. 51 year old man, just done. All right. I got another quick one. Okay. Iraqi terrorist. Oh, no. I, I've, I've seen gonna, this one. I'm going to butcher his name. <laughs> Karanajet. <laughs> Hey, that's it. I warned it to butcher it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I got it. What if he sounded like that? I am Karanajet. <laughs> You're very unsure of your own name. <laughs> uh, I apologize. Decided to send out a letter bomb in 2000. Not being the brightest of sparks, he forgot to put enough postage stamps on the letter. Meaning it came back to the return to sender address. <laughs> Hi was so happy to receive some posts that he ripped it open. His career in terrorism ended there. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There is a God. That is incredible. Wow. That is incredible. Oh, I love that story. I want to print it. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That is, that is, that is great. instant karma. Yeah. Instant. <laughs> That is fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. I can't. I can't remember if this one was shared or not. Did I ever talk about the silent, the silence? Well, sorry, the story silenced by the lambs. No. no. <laughs> so, <laughs> a flock of sheep charged a well, a well-meaning British farmer's wife, and pushed her over the cliff to her death. The woman, sixty-seven was charged by a dozen of sheep after she brought them a bale of hay on the back of a power bike. The sheep rushed forward and rammed the vehicle, knocking Betty and her bike over the edge of a vacant 100-foot quarry near Durham in northeastern England. I saw the sheep surround the bike. The next thing, she was tumbling down the incline, a neighbor told reporters. Her husband is currently being comforted by friends. Oh. 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 Man, I got another so one. So she about was tumbling. counting sheep till she died, huh? <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I got another one about tumbling. Okay. Remember, uh, as kids, well, who were we kidding? Um, as adults, when uh, you see escalators and you go try to run up the oh, down yeah. one. Of course. Okay. Absolutely. So, December 2018, uh, Maryland. Like a plot out of Sherlock Holmes, officials found a dead body mysteriously crumpled at the bottom 
of an escalator at an Amtrak oh. station in New Carrollton at 2 a.m. Perplexed oh. and with no fictional, like, anything, uh, the detectives decided to go to the CCTV. The footage showed a man running up the down escalator shortly after midnight. When he reached the top, no doubt out of breath, he lost his balance and tumbled backwards, falling all the way down the moving stairs and hitting his head smartly at the bottom. Uh, pieces, uh. pieces of clothing were found stuck in the escalator when news crews arrived on the scene. The fabric may have been a factor in the fumble, but death did not impact train service and no trains were running at the time of the time. <laughs> That's what I was worried about. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be the way to top. go. I used to have a... I used to be terrified that my shoelace yeah, right? or would pull you in. I still would pull me have in. that I was fear. about to say, um, like, I know it's irrational, but final I, I still jump what, over. Four? Like, yeah. I, I think subconsciously I hold my kid every time we go up an elevator because I don't want his shoelace or something and uh, just gets, yeah. I, cause it's like you're dangerous. going into a grater. Do they have a safe, <laughs> do they have a safety thing, a safety measure with that? Like if they get any resistance at all, I does anybody know? know? I, I hope so. They do. Yeah. They have, I mean, it is such a, it's a small gap for one. Like the gap is a lot tinier. I feel than it used to be, but, uh, there's gotta be something. Yeah. Some sort of trigger. Well, I always just imagine my shoelace and then I'm falling over and then like I have a hoodie it's like on you're the and genie. My, my hoodie strings get stuck in it and pull and like rip my head off or something. You feel like you're going to be like the genie going back into the lamp. Yeah. Like somehow oh. your body is just going to squish into the tiny oh. hole. <laughs> I picture my, me coming out of the other side like spaghetti because it's just the... Uh, like ground beef. Yeah. Like Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Hey, you want to hear about wife, tice, wife tossing in Buenos Aires? Absolutely. Wife tossing? Yes, wife tossing. This sounds like that a sport I can kinky. get into. Yeah. <laughs> February 1998, Buenos Aires. Did he, <laughs> did he win the argument? During a heated marital dispute in a working class Boedo neighborhood, a 25-year-old man picked up his 20-year-old wife and threw her off the 8th floor apartment balcony. Oh. To his dismay... She became entangled in the power lines below. Oh. He immediately leapt from the balcony and fell toward his wife. We can only speculate to his reasons. Was he angrily trying to finish the job or remorsefully hoping to rescue her? He did not accomplish either goal. He missed the power lines completely and plunged to his death. <laughs> the woman managed to swing over to a nearby balcony and was saved. She's Spider-Man? Yep. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's a crazy story. Right. <laughs> like, for real. That was like, it was like almost murder, but then he just took himself out instead. I thought she was dead in the power lines. No. Like, yeah, she was good. <laughs> <laughs> she was... All right, here's one. I have no idea what it's about going into it blindly. Let's go. Two compulsive hoarders, Homer and Langley Collier, set up booby traps to protect their stuff from intruders. One unfortunate day in 1947, as Langley was crawling through a tunnel of garbage, he set off one of his own booby traps. Oh, no. Langley was crushed under tons of garbage, and <laughs> his paralyzed brother starved because he was unable to feed himself. That was on a thousand oh, ways damn. to die. Was or it? Or whatever, yeah. 
Goodness. A million ways to die or whatever it's called. I think yeah. you're right. A thousand ways to yeah, die. Yeah, a thousand ways to die. <laughs> That's right. It's a million ways to die in the West. Uh, who, mm-hmm. who wants stuff that hoarders are keeping right why do hoarders want the stuff that they're hoarding? oh none of it's it's never good stuff i no. know but that's my point like why do you even want it it's literally like garbage it that's, is that's my dad's the, wife's a hoarder that's part seriously of, it's a mental issue. it is that's crazy so, by the way like, that her house is like filled with stuff i don't know honestly i haven't seen it in years but like Years and years ago, I was helping her move out of one of her places. This was before her and my dad got married. And she had the top to a computer desk. And, you know, it's like that um, particle board. Yeah. Um, she ha- It was just the top. And you know how it's got the plastic lining around the edge? So it was broken. Like compl- a piece was completely missing. And then the plastic was still there, like kind of sh- still shaping it. And I was like, this is clearly garbage, right? And she's like, no, no, I need that. Oh. Like, what? For what? Yeah. For fires. Yeah. <laughs> Fire For chemical Something. fire? Like it's particle wood. Okay. <laughs> I've got one if no one else does. I was going to say real quick, um, when you're reading the story and you go booby trap, I look over at Cam and Cam mouths booby. <laughs> did I? You did. I saw you go back it. I saw and it too. You did. You were in the mic. <laughs> That's mouth, funny. You mouth booby. <laughs> I just want to know why they're called booby traps. Because I feel like boobies themselves are traps. That's our trap. That's our trap. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continue on, sir. One I would yeah. get trapped That's in. funny. Huh? What? Go. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called La Petite Mort. Um, in 10 June of 2014, London, England, humans who aspire to high levels of desire may join the Mile High Club. Yet our dreams of high sex in high places also has couples eyeing more accessible heights, such as rooftops and romantic balconies. Balcony balls are a common sight for neighbors across from Knight's Tower, an apartment high-rise on the bank of Thames River in South London. The city lights sparkle on the surface of the waters, are irresistible to lovers, and neighbors have seen people on the balcony doing all sorts of things. Wait a minute. What kind of balcony balls are we talking about yes. here? You I think heard you just correctly. got the answer. Okay. <laughs> you heard 100% correctly. You heard the ACDC song? <laughs> <laughs> he's got big balls. She's got big balls. But he's, he's got, got the, the biggest, biggest balls of them all. Boy. <laughs> and on a warm Tuesday night in the summertime, a hot couple was observed kissing and frolicking as they engaged in sex on the sixth floor balcony. Some neighbors close their drapes while others enjoy the entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Each according to his inclination. It was the usual reality programming for the neighborhood. A party was going on inside the flat. When people came out onto the balcony, the couple would stop their game, only to resume playing the moment they were alone. Car! (laughs) (laughs) Game on! (laughs) The last thing I expected was to see them falling down five floors, said one observer. But the guy was lifting the girl and putting her onto the banister. He kept on doing it, and they were going back and forth. And suddenly, the amorous hotties were balls up and over the railing. <laughs> Natural birth control. The couple did not survive the fall. Oh, my So gosh. this is a double Darwin Award winner. Yep. 
I see your double Darwin Award. <laughs> and I raise you six. Six? Whoa! <laughs> Count your chickens. Okay. Oh, man. Six people drowned <clears throat> while trying to rescue a chicken oh. that had fallen into the well, a well in southern Egypt. Wait, six people died six trying people to save a chicken? Trying to save a chicken. Oh, my. An 18-year-old farmer was the first to descend into the 60-foot well. Uh-huh. He drowned. <laughs> Apparently, after an undercurrent in the water pulled him down, police said his sister and two brothers, none of them who could swim, went down the well one by one to help him, but also drowned. Two elderly farmers then came by to help, but they were apparently pulled under by the same undercurrent. The bodies of the six were eventually extricated from the well in the village of Nazlat Imara, 240 miles south of Cairo. Whoa. The chicken was also pulled out. It survived. No <laughs> freaking way. Oh that gosh. came from the Associated Press. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, the chicken survived. You know, I was scrubbing through reddit and sure enough i came across one of those videos where honestly it made me sick to my stomach because i thought it was going to be humorous and they there was this uh they were on an icy lake and they had cut a square out of the ice and this girl just jumped in thinking she was gonna do like a polar plunge type Uh thing and some current underneath just swept her away yep so that was like the last they saw of her just yep Oh, that sucks. That's... Yeah, you go under the ice and it's hard to find your way back up. Yeah. That'd be so horrifying. Just be smarter. I please. saw a, a Tosh.0 video just recently where these guys, this guy does that. He goes under the ice and expects to swim from one hole to another. and But he's swimming blindly. And so he misses the hole and keeps swimming down this river and his friends who are also like they're wearing nothing but like speedos and this is in Japan or something like that and so his other friends are like running on top of the ice trying to like get his attention and help him and so they start jumping at everything and they end up saving the guy and getting him out but it's just like oh man like Tosh at one point he's like thanks for uh, doing everybody's worst fear like (laughs) no joke oh my gosh dude here's one for you this one happened in utah oh yeah okay the 14th of april 2000 um a man whose domestic tranquility had been marred by a quarrel with his wife decided to sleep in a in the relative piece of a garbage dumpster behind a church but his private slumber was interrupted on Wednesday morning when he was dumped into a garbage truck and caught in its hydraulic compactor. He was collected from behind the church at 6 a.m. The truck proceeded on to gather more rubbish at a high school. The drive had just engaged the truck's compactor, the driver, when he heard a frantic pounding on the walls of the truck fire or the truck bay. The fire battalion chief, Brad Wardle, commented, apparently he and his wife had an argument. Who knows why he didn't just go to a hotel? <laughs> did he? So he died or did he get out? I, it honorable. says it's an honorable mention, yeah. but it so doesn't he, say that he got out or he died. So he I think he did out. get out. I think he got out. What well, yeah. they knew was a dispute and everything. But oh my probably lived gosh. to tell the tale. Well, why, why pick a garbage? Why? Truck? Yeah. Why a dumpster? Maybe he didn't have access I'm not, to I, money. I don't even think I've. 
really seen homeless people like sleep in a dumpster. Why not just stay in your car? Maybe he's one of those guys that he just felt so crappy about himself for whatever it was that he just felt like trash. He felt like garbage. Yeah. I'll uh, raise that marital dispute with another one. Okay. Okay. This one ain't no honorable mention either. Oh, okay. It's called the main chainsaw romance. (gasps) Oh no. (laughs) Hold up. Is Chainsaws this, are involved, and this is a Darwin Award? Yep. So is this a sequel to Texas? I'm Just intrigued. About. <laughs> so, oh, dang. July 1999, we're in Maine. An internet romance blossomed, then faded, after a Missouri man traveled to Maine to meet his destiny. And a bizarre merging of You Got Mail with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um... This guy named James began his relationship with Beth over the internet a year ago and moved from Missouri to Topsom, Maine in June, 20, in June 23rd to further the affair. Instead, she insisted upon ending the relationship. Distraught, James drove over to the house on River Road, knocked on the door, and asked her adult son to get his mother. The son refused and locked all the doors. James decided, I'm going to woo her, went to his truck, Pulled the chainsaw from the from the <laughs> trunk, stood on the lawn, and decided to perform a very macho act. Oh, lumberjack. Dear. Went with Lumberjack. Juggling. He <laughs> decided... Chainsaw juggling. Yep. ...to swing a chainsaw and severed his own neck. What? Just the neck? Yep. How do you hit the neck? He yeah, tried to juggle, came down, severed his neck... Uh, basically the, uh, let's see here. Um, when he performed the macho act in a vain attempt to oppress the depth of his feeling upon the women, when the police arrived to find him barely alive, there was blood all over the officer. William Robbins said, I could not see where the wound was. He died shortly after at the hospital. Wow. Tried to swing a chainsaw and ended up cutting his own God is jugular. Yep. Ooh. Oh, I'll to impress an internet love. Don't do that. I was about to. <laughs> out of all the tactics you could do, you should, he should have just gone old school. Just, you know, <laughs> just get the speakers, yeah. you know, the right. jukebox. Hold the jukebox. Go on, get some music. Boom box. Go, boom box. That's the one. I mean, a, you could hold the jukebox. Box would be impressive. That's <laughs> Hold I mean, on, the, I'm picking the song. Would you, would you be more impressed by a jukebox or or a chainsaw? No, or a boombox. <laughs> oh, a jukebox. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. you got to go for the big points here. Hold All on, right. it's scrolling. <laughs> I got one. Okay. <laughs> Again, blind. So here we go. At the top. Of the fifth inning, Ray Chappie Chapman, shortstop for the Cleveland Indian baseball team, was hit by a submarine ball thrown by Carl Mays. The baseball hit Chapman in the temple. Chapman collapsed and died August 17, 1920. About 12 hours later, he remains the only... Oh, Sorry. That was one full sentence. Chapman died um, August 17, 1920, about 12 hours later. He remains the only baseball player killed by a pitch. Wow. Jeez. So in the temple, so that means he didn't have protection? Was he he not wearing a helmet? In 1920, I don't think they had helmets. Uh -uh. 
Huh. Or probably at least Bad not the like, one sided ones and stuff. Now the newsy hats on. Yeah, they probably did. That's probably why they have helmets now. Probably, probably all things oh, and they, they have the full jaw guard and uh-huh. everything now. Like, well, those balls are flying, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like off the balcony. Off the balcony. Off the balcony. What balls do you think go faster? <laughs> the, the ones off the balcony. balcony. <laughs> <laughs> they got a nice slap to them. All right, I've got one. Okay, I'm not gonna read the title again. I hope you didn't see it. Okay. I didn't. 7th June of 2016 <laughs> in Wyoming. Colin Nathaniel Scott, 23, was enjoying a graduation vacation at Yellowstone National Park when the beautiful pork chop geyser hot spring reminded him that he could use a good soak. Oh, no. But hot potting is forbidden and ruled off limits for one good reason. You will die. <laughs> Still, Holy <laughs> hell. Still, this college graduation trip, this Portland resident thought this edumacation conferred <laughs> the smarts to know when to break a rule. So Colin left the boardwalk and cruised up a hill in search of a private oh, hotspot no. soaking spot. In this area of the park, thin mineral crusts that resemble solid ground conceal scalding water pools. Mm. But he avoided these unseen pitfalls and found a secluded spring. Recorded on unreleased video. Wow, there's actual video of this? That's terrifying. Colin is seen reaching down to check the temperature, slipping, and then falling into the boiling acidic water. Oh, That is the beginning of the end. Chemistry students will be familiar with the properties of a turbulent hot acid solution. A signifying amount of rapid dissolving and underway was underway while recovering workers were struggling with dangerously unstable ground and a lightning storm of all things. When they reached the spring the next day, the water had finished its work. There was no remains remaining. Only a wallet and flip-flops were left of poor Colin. Dante's Peak. Dude, that's what I was thinking of. Oh my gosh. Park superintendent. Two bodies just flowed there. Scared the yeah, but that was... That was... <laughs> <laughs> that was he- <laughs> okay. Sorry. What? Sit, finish it. That was heat in Dante's Peak. This is acid. Yeah. But yeah. there was the acid too. The grandma, remember? Yeah, the grandma. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. Because was the, no, and, and the hot pot thing that they died in was sulfuric acid. Uh, oh, I thought that was heat. I think it was both. It well, started, started boiling. The couple that was sticking Yeah. Oh. To finish, Park Superintendent Dan Wink. <laughs> stated the obvious Does this he? tragic event <laughs> must remind us all to follow the regulations My college graduates are no exception the darwin award sincerely hopes this misadventure will serve as a warning to others yeah that's bad you know what's sad is i swear maybe once a year maybe it's every couple of years but you hear about these people at, up at yellowstone that leave the path and end up getting scalded yeah or yeah. on a buffalo that too, or yeah. on a the buffalo, or even uh, if you go venture down south to like Angel's Landing, yeah, every single year there's someone that goes missing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Call to the void. Did you see now that I put? I heard they put limitations on Angel's Landing. I can't remember what it was now though. It's just like a number have, of people. Is that what it is? Yeah, like it. You can still go. You just have to schedule your yeah. visit. Hmm. So stupid. <clears throat> it's crazy, dude. I got one for you. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. This happened in Moscow. Oh, Russia. Moscow, Moscow. Motherland. <laughs> April Motherland. 2005. Construction worker 
drilling the foundation of a parking garage project on Starbelovska Street. Nailed it. I didn't know you speak Russian. Right? Very fluid. Noticed something shiny stuck to the swiftly rotating auger. Oh, gosh, no. Bad idea. He took a closer look, but still couldn't identify the shiny object, so he reached down to grab it. Bad idea. Unfortunately, <laughs> his jacket caught on the auger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. winding his hand. Yes, one does. His arm, <laughs> and then his whole body into the apparatus. <laughs> By the time his fellow workers could shut down the rig, only the man's legs below the knees remained intact. Oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh. Here's the best part. He was stumped. Good <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> Good one. They have the <laughs> best thing on here. Every reader comments. One of them said, we have a wiener. <laughs> uh. so, so just a few, well, I say a few weeks, but really it was probably a few months now. Uh, probably in the fall, they they had one of those tree chippers over here. They were oh. taking down a tree. The entire time, I was like a hawk watching that thing like... Like you're afraid it's just going to move over yes, here and get dude. you. <laughs> I, I just was window. so nervous about people throwing stuff in there, yeah. and uh, I hated it. I, hated I saw it. That reminds me of that show, A Thousand Ways to Die. I saw one where uh, this uh, tree trimmer was putting branches into one of those and it jams up and he has a stick and he's trying to get it unjammed. Well, it doesn't. So the idiot climbs up and starts kicking at it with his foot. It ends up breaking loose, grabbing his foot and sucking him in. Yeah. Did you ever watch that movie Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I haven't I seen it they're, yet. They're trying to like, they think they're evil. So they're trying The college student like tries to sack him into the, the trimmer and he moves and the guy dives into it <laughs> yeah. and he turns around and he's like there's some kind of like death cult here trying to commit suicide together <laughs> <laughs> alright I got one this one sounds interesting Hey, David Grundman in 1982 fired several close range shots with his shotgun at a Sugoro cactus uh-huh. The cacti, which stood 26 feet tall, dropped a four-foot branch on top of Grunman's head, ultimately crushing him to death. Grunman's death is immortalized in the song Sugura, written by the Texas band The Austin Lounge Lizards. Mm, The Lounge Lizards. Not quite as exciting as I was hoping. (laughs) (laughs) I've got one here on my list that... uh, I've I kind of wanted to keep it for last just because the title is so intriguing to me. <laughs> but uh, All right. I'm going to go for it. I'm sorry. I'm fast forwarding. OK. Second March 2014 in the Netherlands. Two intoxicated Ooh. men dared each other to test their courage against their intercity tra- their, against an intercity train at a Rotterdam train station. I've heard this one. You have? (laughs) At 1,800 hours on a Sunday evening, the station was crowded with more than 300 fans returning from a soccer match, pitting Feyenoord against Ajax at the Quip. I don't know, whatever. Bunch of Dutch words. (laughs) Yep, bunch of Dutch words. The most beautiful soccer stadium (laughs) in Holland. (laughs) 
<laughs> the two men stepped off the platform and strode forth onto the tracks. One super daredevil lay down between the tracks, intending to prove that the to the entire train that it would pass over him. Oh no! What a story to tell! His friend was less confident, and he merely knelt down next to the track and kept his head as close as possible to where he thought the train's profile would be. Turns out that the 130 kilometer an hour train that came down the track some seconds later was both lower and wider than they both thought. They were both killed instantly. The 300 plus onlookers on the platform were none too pleased by the spectacle and the train train traffic was interrupted for several hours while authorities cleaned up the mess. Oh, wow. That is not at all. Speaking of painting the town. um, Oh, cool. (laughs) Oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. (laughs) Speaking of painting the town red. Yeah. This but, that one was called sports training. I was expecting something far different. So <laughs> eh, whatever. Uh, Want to see where this one takes us? Sure. It's called the missionary position. Oh, oh my. Oh, I think I read this. It's one. a classic. <laughs> Tried and true. Takes us. I just hit random on my thing. So <laughs> we'll go for it. So, so she said, <laughs> "We are in India, November 2018." John Allen Cho, a self-proclaimed world explorer inspired by Livingston and Jesus, was killed by the very tribe of natives he was offering eternal life. Oh, so this is missionary work. That, <laughs> I get it now. Aww, <laughs> According to the BBC in New Delhi, Chow bribed six fishermen to ferry him to the off-limits island so he could offer the Sentinelese tribe gifts of scissors, a soccer ball, and Jesus. Mm. Scissors? They don't have scissors there. Nope. In a letter he wrote to his family, this Vancouver resident and Alabama native said he wanted to make contact with this 60,000-year-old tribe because the eternal life of this tribe is at hand. So, 60,000-year-old tribe. Sound reasoning. Who has never met anybody... I think I saw this movie. Outside of their tribe. (laughs) Is Andrew Garfield in it? (laughs) (laughs) He paddled to the island in a kayak and was immediately attacked by arrows, but continued on his way. Uh, Um, The fisherman... Wait, hold up. So this isn't about sex? Nope. Oh. <laughs> where, where you been? <laughs> so the fisherman then witnessed, so he, he's paddling to the island, attacked by arrows, starts walking towards the people once he gets to the island. The fisherman then witnessed the natives tying a rope around his neck <laughs> and dragging his body along the shore. Oh. They were clearly rejecting his gifts. <laughs> He didn't show him the scissors in time. That was the last time he, he was ever the seen. Scissors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that Jeez. is terrifying. Yeah. That is seriously one Maybe of my biggest one of fears. Them. You yeah, know how many islands you go into well, to finding natives and <laughs> not many, getting man. That's by why the it's a fear. That's why hey. I don't know. Hey, they're shooting them. arrows at me. I'm gonna go close to them and tell yep. them I don't like it. Unless I'm hearing Wilson, I'm not going on that island. After those uh, after that Green Inferno movie, I ain't going anywhere near. That, that's the one I was tribes. referencing when I, I said I think that. I've seen this movie. Yep. 
if you have, Wait, if you have the, the Green, Green Inferno, Inferno? Uh-uh. it's it uh, honestly looks absolutely terrifying, and I don't want to see it. I don't know if I've seen it. It's directed by um, Eli Roth. Eli Roth, and he literally got a tribe who has never seen like people outside of their tribe. Yeah, and he went down and filmed them, all that stuff, made this movie. Oh, but, legit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is real. Yeah, yeah, this was like a. I don't know if the tribe. Oh. Does that stuff in real life where they kill people, cannibalism, all that stuff that's portrayed in the movie? But literally, the tribe that he went and got was never seen other people outside of their tribe. Wow. And he went down there and talked to them. And well, I mean, I guess if you talk to him, but yeah, filmed them, got them Jeez. to do this movie. It's kind of his version. There's an older movie called The Hollibal, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, that, Cannibal yeah. Holocaust. And at the time, it was so well done and graphic that people thought it was real. Really? Got banned. Yeah. A lot of creepy. And so this is Eli Roth's kind of sort of version of that. Yeah. But anyways. I think I told you guys before where there was a similar situation where there was a tribe that no one had ever contacted and they flew an airplane down low yeah. and kind of observed them. They're throwing spears at them. Mm-hmm. Air, no, yeah. it got shot with a bunch of arrows yeah. uh-huh. and they couldn't land the airplane without severely damaging it. Cause there was like a hundred arrows on the underside of the airplane. Mm-hmm. It's a it's freaking it crazy. It makes me wonder how many civilizations are out there yeah. that still to this day don't know the, where we're at. Okay. Google. right and they said missionary work was worth it you know where there weren't a bunch of natives in 1930s ohio Uh uh-oh yep (laughs) this is where uh there were native ohio (laughs) ohioans Ohioans. no those are called amish oh i thought they were in pennsylvania yeah Ohio's like right there, dude. Different place still. (laughs) (laughs) Well, down in Ohio in 1930s, um, there was an article in the Cleveland Plain Dealer that described a most astounding death. A construction worker was busy building a building, as one does, when he realized that he needed a 300-pound block that was suspended above him. But he was only... He was the only man on his level, and it normally takes two men to prevent the block from landing too hard on the metal girder. This worker figured it would save time if he just cut the rope and let the block fall 40 feet. The block crashed right through the level he was standing on and killed another fellow below. (laughs) He leaned over to see if the fellow that the block landed on was okay and lost his balance. No way. He fell 40 feet to the next level, breaking his neck. And so there was a dead guy underneath the block and a dead guy on top of it. Oh, Oh. my gosh. Wow. Oh man! Thank your construction workers. They live dangerously. I just think of that. You are so dumb. You are really, really dumb. <laughs> you are really, really dumb. <laughs> Talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Hey! Uh, <laughs> love it. I love it so much. All right, the title of this one grabbed me. Let's see how it goes. Um, Epidocles, a well-known Greek philosopher and scientist, threw himself into an active volcano, Mount Etna. It is believed that he did this so that his followers would think his body had vanished and that he had turned 
into an immortal god. However, the volcano spit back one of Epidopolis' bronze sandals, revealing his deceit. In 2006, an underwater volcano was named after him. So he did it for nothing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sucks. He did get a volcano named after him, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. So not for nothing. Legendary. That's kind of out of, like, <laughs> making <Legendary>. fun of him. <laughs> Interesting. What, how did he think that was going to go okay? <laughs> what? In, what? He, he thought he was leaving his name behind as, like, a god. That he would jump into the volcano and become a god. So he was trying to, okay. I thought he was trying to pull a fast one. We didn't say these people were smart, right? I understand that. 18-year-old um, Cameron Burbeel. Ah, oh, so close. Almost. <laughs> from, from Orlando, Florida, was riding inside a shopping cart while holding on to an SUV oh. in March 2008. I have done that. <laughs> The cart's wheels struck a speed bump in the shopping center parking lot at 42 miles per hour and overturned. Cameron's body hit the pavement of the parking lot and he died shortly after. He did what now, Cam? I I did many a stupid thing involving (laughs) cars and being on the outside of them when I was... Kim teenager may have been an jackass error. Yeah, <laughs> a jackass error. Yeah. Have we? Have you guys ever had an honorable mention for yourselves? Is there anything where you're like, I almost just died right there? Mm. Yeah, I'm sure. Going yeah. to rescue my sister's cat and getting attacked by a dog. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's about the gist of it. It was a boxer that was left on a chain its whole life and was a very, very mean dog, walked up to it, petted a couple times, and it lunged at my face, tore me up pretty good. It's okay, buddy. No, you're fine. The the vet said if the dog would have gotten me on the ground, I wouldn't be here today. I didn't realize it was a boxer. Yeah. Was that ever rough coming over to our house when we had boxers? No, I just, people, that was like the number one question. Do you hate dogs now? I'm like, that one. (laughs) (laughs) As that's how it should go. You know what I mean? Like, well, and even that dog, I pitied it more than hated it. Mm. Like it was, it was just a tragic story. Mm. Poor Uh, thing. Poor Tony. Movie gone. (laughs) Hey, um, you want to take it back to the Netherlands? Yeah, sure. Let's go back to the Netherlands. We're January 1st of 2010. Every now and then a completely new window into the world opens before our eyes. (laughs) Here we have a rural Dutch families enjoying their traditional winter sport. Carbidschiten. Carbidhagen. Carbidschiten or carbide shooting. Carbide shooting? Carbide shooting? Any idea? I'm looking at Chris because he's a shooter. Carbide. Like a carbide? Got like rifle? Carbine? Okay. I don't know. Carbine. It's... Carbide shooting. Anyway, carbide. Okay, explosive. It's a ridiculous. Oh, here we go. Explains it here. It's a ridiculously (laughs) dangerous machine. Oh, akin to a potato gun. Oh, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Designed to hurl projectless stuff from the mouth of a metal milk can. (laughs) Yeah, no idea. (laughs) Okay. 
Carbide shooting, the wacky Dutch New Year's tradition, begins with a moistening calcium carbide and placing it in a large milk container. The damp CACB emits uh, ethane gas. I can't say the other word anyways, I'm sorry. It's, it's ethane gas, which builds up inside the container. Then a spark is supplied, causing the pressurized gas bomb to blow the lid or packing off the milk jug. Our nominee, a 54-year-old male, was having the time of his life right up until the moment he poured a container filled with liquid oxygen over a fire to flare it up. Oh, no. And the container exploded. Oh, my gosh. Right so he didn't face. even die shooting it? Nope. He just died hey. pouring the container over again, an open he just fire. put the container over an open fire and it exploded. Fantastic. <laughs> Wow. Of highly combustible. What could go wrong? Right. Awesome. Yeah, I, I actually had a potato cannon, and it never, ever dawned on me that it could have exploded could have in my hands right under and your chest. Me. Yep. Yep. Dude, our, my potato cannon's chamber was like that big. That big? Yeah, dude. You trust? You trusted it? Oh, bro, it performed phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mine, mine's chamber was only about this big. And it would launch potatoes hundreds of yards. Yeah. We shot we shot the potato straight at like a some metal sign and it disintegrated. Yeah. Like just obliterated. <laughs> we, we <laughs> French fries. A, we went up on a hillside with potato guns and we'd try to shoot each other. So that I should have got Dude, I can't even imagine how bad that would have hurt. You would have killed you. It could have killed you. Probably. Yeah. Hit you right in the heart and the heart. Blunt just force trauma, man. I mean, mm-hmm. you were we were 150 yards away, but still, you don't still throwing you, a potato well, at you. Carlton got hit by one. We should keep Carlton s- did? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. We should keep some of these stories to ourselves because we're making fun of people here that like Hey man, we're I, doing, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, one accidental death and you're on the Darwin list. I'm not going to lie, dude. I was a stupid person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still am stupid, but not as stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, oh, man. <laughs> like, I did some dumb stuff. All right. Any good ones to wrap it up? Uh, real quick. Cam, remember how you had your six? Yeah. Can I raise you? <gasps> Ooh. How much? To 20. Whoa! Oh my goodness. Now, are all 20 stupid, or is it just one dumb person and 19 bystanders? <laughs> oh, just wait. Oh, contraire, mon frere. He's going all in. August of <laughs> 19. <laughs> this is perfect because it's our 69th episode. August 1969. August 15th, Hurricane Camille claimed 143 victims along the Mississippi Gulf Coast. That's Most so were guilty only of being <laughs> in the wrong place at the wrong time. But 20 of them who perished while attending a beachfront hurricane party. What? Despite evacuation warnings delivered by earnest emergency teams, their festi- uh, festivities continued unabated. The oh partygoers definitely declared that the concrete foundation and the second floor location of their party provided <laughs> plenty of protection from the impeding hurricane. Oh, no. Their confidence proved to be tragically misplaced when a 24-foot wave slammed into the apartment. 
Oh my god! Destroying the building and subjecting the parties, uh, the partiers to gale force winds and violent ocean surges. Most of these hurricane worshippers were killed. A few survivors were swept miles away, cheated of a Darwin Award by the the Capricocious hand of fate. Wow! So it wasn't all twenty, but sounds like it was a majority of them. Jeez. That reminds me of that stand-up joke by Ron White, and he's like that guy that went to uh, Florida and strapped himself to a palm yeah. tree because he wanted to see if his body could handle the the winds of a Force Three hurricane. <laughs> oh he's like, gosh. it's not that the wind is blowing. <laughs> it's what what <laughs> the wind is blowing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! It's yeah. like when it. What does he say? When it slams a two thousand pound Volvo, it, <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, he's like, when you get hit by a Volvo, doesn't really matter how many sit ups you did that morning. I can do five hundred sit ups. Yeah, you're bleeding out of your spleen. <laughs> Could you imagine though being all of a sudden instantly swept miles offshore? Just That'd tread be wild, dude. Terrifying, crazy. Yeah." Ugh. That's why I don't live in the South. Like, how do you just, you, how would you just not evacuate? Give up. I like You're my like, mountains. Yeah, I'm done. Right? Uh, this is it. Right? Found yeah. the end. <laughs> Backstroke. <laughs> just slowly sink down. I don't even Chicken know. Chicken airplane soldier. Do it. I have a huge Shark fear rock. of drowning. <laughs> yeah, same. And I, I can imagine, like, that oh. is the worst way I think you could possibly go is drowning. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I've got. This one seems to be kind of long. Uh, let's see. I think this one might be one that we could finish on. I'm not sure. Okay. Let's see. This one's oh called. Boy. The... Sorry. Oh boy. Can I just? <laughs> our, our, our... Hold up. Why are you showing me this? <laughs> our viewers aren't going to be able to see this, but I just happened to come across this meme. It says Darwin Award. She's about to receive one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 She's playing not Russian go, roulette. Do not look down the barrel of a gun, guys. <laughs> Ever. All right. No, no, hey, no. There we no, go. That's no. Chris's Russian roulette right there. Yeah. There you go. Oh, God. This one's called the Terrible Tea Kettle Incident. Oh, no. <sighs> Sunday morning. Okay, so this is a, an excerpt from a letter. First time on public view. Enjoy. Sunday morning, I went to the kitchen to make a cup of tea, put the kettle on, prepared the cups, and whilst waiting, for the kettle to boil, I thought I'd fill my lighter. Got the lighter fuel out, but it was a bit low and quite cold, and it didn't pour out well. When this happens, I usually run a hot tap of water over the can to warm it, but as I had already had hot water in the kettle, I decided to steam it for a minute or two. You can see where this is going, can't you? Wish I had, but I had not yet seen had my tea, so I unbalanced the can on top of the tea kettle, leaving the kettle lid open. Oh, then gosh. I got distracted, and the next thing I heard was the sound of the tea kettle boiling furiously. I turned around just in time to see the fuel container disappeared into the mouth of the kennel. <gasps> I thought, oh dear me. <laughs> or words to that effect, and rushed over to switch off the kettle, and as I pressed the switch, the can let go with a mighty bang. The kettle was instantly transformed into a bright yellow, sharp-edged, lethal plastic shrapnel. Oh, my gosh. A few moments after the explosion, I regained my senses sufficiently to realize I was suffering from a deep gash in my thumb, 
a couple bro- a couple of possibly broken ribs and one little finger swollen up like a new market sausage. The microwave had a bloody great dent in the side of the kitchen looked like a Beirut. At this time, Linda had been sitting in the dining room watching the telly. What the beep is going on in there? She said, the tea kettle is exploding, says I. How the beep did that happen? The gas can fell into it. How did the freaking gas can get into the freaking kettle? Um, it was like this. Anyway, she trots out to survey the damage and she says, if I was a freaking gas can that I that did it, where's the freaking gas can? Oh, <laughs> At no. this point, I hadn't realized that the gas can had left the scene of the crime. I looked left, not there. Looked right, not there either. Looked up. I think it went that away. <laughs> there was a neat 50 millimeter hole punched straight through the suspended ceiling. I moved the ceiling panel and found a ragged 75 millimeter hole in the Artex plasterboard above. With the aid of a torch, I could just see the scorched remains of the can jammed up into the joist, minus top and bottom, but otherwise intact. All the while, I had been bleeding copious amounts of blood over the remains of the kitchen. I put the plaster on my thumb and had looked and had a look at my ribs, which were not broken, but sported a kettle lid shaped <laughs> bruise. <laughs> when I realized that I wasn't seriously damaged and that the house was not in flames, I looked up around and saw a funny side and pissed myself. Linda, however, was not amused. No sense of humor. Some people <laughs> I think I did think to grab the camera. So here I have the proof. And then they submitted pictures. So this wasn't an actual Darwin Award. It was just an honorable mention. But I thought that was a pretty funny story. Oh, That's hilarious. <laughs> real oh. story. With real pictures. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Darwins. They're hilarious. And fun. And, and so kind for, you know, cleaning up our gene pool. <laughs> right? <laughs> Makes you wonder how many happen a day. Oh, uh, probably a lot that just don't get reported. Oh yeah, people do some stupid, like family and friends things. being embarrassed that they don't even want to report it type <laughs> thing. He was an honorable man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh well. On that note, should we call it? We should call it. Yeah. We should call it. That was what beautiful. Was that? that was me calling it. Oh, all right. Slam the gavel. You know, I do have to say, I still, I think my favorite is the bucket one. Really? From our last Darwin Award episode. (laughs) Bucket one. Yeah. Yeah, With the the weight of the bucket pulling him up. Just kept on going. Just a description. The description that he sent in. Right? It's like something out of a Tom and Jerry episode. (laughs) That's honestly what I was hoping with this one, because it had a lot of high votes, but. As uh, for good reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Oh man, that's hilarious. good stuff. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys being here. Hit that like and subscribe button, share, yes. let people know that we're here, and uh, yeah, hey, Hope thank you, guys you enjoyed so the episode. much. If, especially if you've made it this far, thank you exactly. so much for hanging out thank with you. us. Yes, we hope you enjoy great. these Darwin Award episodes as much as we do, and give us some high ratings if if you like this this. Sh- what we do here, just give us some high ratings. Five yeah. Stars. yeah. Hey, man. 
Can we have like? Can you talk, Chris? <laughs> she just start using <laughs> subliminal messaging and randomly throughout the podcast, she'd be like, "Yeah, five stars." Five and then stars. I, I, I looked over in the five stars. And <laughs> hey, How about know? those five stars? I I actually looked at our ratings, and on Apple, I think we had like fifty ratings at five stars. Boom! Yeah. Wow. Fifty of you like us. Look at you guys. You really yeah, like us. So please keep you. hitting those ratings, guys. They yeah. really help us. Can um, I throw one in there? Though. Yeah, go for I'm it. I'm one of those five star ratings. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. 49 of you like us. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, that's just one platform. It's uh, true. We're yeah. rated on other ones as well. It's true. So, yeah. it's and true. Uh, hey, we're growing slowly but steadily, and it's all with your support. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we love you guys. Yeah. We'll see you guys here next time. Ciao. Thanks. Thanks for being see part ya. of this crowd. Bye. Bye.